charged up and ready to go. It's going to be good. I wanted to uh, talk to you this morning about stewarding the resources of heaven. Is that all right? Or should we pick something different? No, we'll go with that? Oh, that's, that's, that's good because I don't have anything else, so um, we'll just have to go with it. You can just ignore me if you need. So, uh, you know, as a church, we are in a season of, of increase, and it's something that God's doing, and I love it. You know, the, the definition of, of insanity, they say, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Um, but sometimes in the kingdom, doing the same thing over and over again, you get a different outcome because you're doing the right things over and over again, and God is continuing to do His part in the process and doing new things and new things and new things and more things. And, um, and so we are, again, just continue as a community. We just want to be faithful to what God's saying and just do what he, he wants us to do, and He keeps bringing the increase and opening up the doors. And I just, I'm... I'm really glad about that i love seeing the hand of god at work uh you know we can accomplish a lot of things as people we have a lot of skills and energy and authority and all of those sorts of things but it's great when we just sit back and say no no i'll do my bit god and you do your bit and then we see him come through it's uh, great for the building of our faith so in this season of increase there's an increase of resource that god is making available to us uh, he's bringing uh, people into our community. He's bringing, you know, he's, he's releasing us into a new land, uh, a big kind of uh, property with multiple things in that area. Um, he's increasing our opportunity, connecting kind of broader, uh, the message of what God has put on our heart as a community and releasing that uh, in, a, in a greater measure. And so with the increase of resource becomes an increase of responsibility. Um, for mature people, we say, okay, well, I have an increase of resource, so now I'm, I also need to have a, an increase of responsibility. Otherwise, that resource will eventually kind of dwindle and, and disappear. And so as we step into greater resource, we're stepping into greater responsibility, and therefore, we need a greater measure of stewardship. So God is releasing the resource of heaven to us, and He does that throughout our lives. But in then in particular times, He says, cool, I'm just releasing some greater measure of resource to you, heavenly resource and provision. And so then our response is to say, yes, Lord, we will be good stewards of what you are doing. And there's a couple of kingdom dynamics that I just want to uh, quickly, briefly talk about uh, this morning. And, and one of those is when it comes to fruitfulness in the kingdom of God, God has a way to produce fruitfulness in our lives. And we find that in John 15, 5, and are all around those, the verses around John 15. And it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So God says, if you abide in me, and me therefore in you, then you will produce good fruit. So faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. But we've got to understand that our job isn't to be fruitful, our job is to be faithful. And when we're faithful, then God is fruitful. Too often in our, kind of the way that the world is wide, we've got to, say, I've got to be fruitful, fruitful, fruitful. And if I'm fruitful, then God will prove himself faithful. That's not, the, that's not a kingdom dynamic. That's not the way the kingdom works. God says, no, no, you be faithful. You abide in me. You treasure me as your greatest desire, greatest treasure, greatest place, and I will produce the fruitfulness in your life. Now, this, again, obviously requires trust from us. Um, you know, sometimes it's easier just to look after our own fruitfulness. We will only have then a small measure 
but at least then we know we're in control. So there's a lot of things that we need to kind of journey through to step into this reality. So the first one there is fruitfulness comes from faithfulness. And the other thing is that when it comes to provision, God provides and we steward. So we're not to go out and, and try and source all the provision and, and hoard up for ourselves all the provision and, and strive and, and do all of these things to get provision. It's like, no, no, God says, I will provide. Your role is to look after what I give to you. You steward my provision. And as we're coming into this season, God is opening up doors in incredible ways that we didn't, you know, we didn't, we fast and pray to align ourselves with God. We're not fasting and praying for something. You know, we're coming into a month of fasting. We're not saying, oh, well, we really want these things, God. And if we fast, then you'll we'll kind of twist your arm and you'll be forced into having to do this because we've done our religious obligation and uh, now you're going to have to do it. That's not what we're doing. We're saying, no, no, we're, just, we're putting ourselves before you, Lord, because we want to hear clearly. We want to know what you already have in store so we can step into that. We don't want to assume what would be best for us. And then we're going to ask you to give what we think is best. We're going to say, no, Lord, we align ourselves with you so that you provide for us. And then when God provides and we say, thank you, Father, and we steward that well, we take a high level of responsibility for what God has given us so it doesn't get squandered. But we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. So Paul talks a lot in, uh, in, uh, in Ephesians and, and Corinthians there about being stewards of the mysteries of God. So God had given him a revelation, and that revelation is what we read about in Ephesians 3, that, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs with the Jews. So this was the mystery that God gave to Paul to steward and to give out. But he, he received this mystery and he's like, I have to look after this mystery and make sure I do all that I can to share this mystery around with the world. Because it's a profound mystery. And the reality is if Paul hadn't received that revelation and imparted that revelation through the churches, you and I would not know the inheritance in heaven that we have. Because everyone would think, oh no, Jesus came just for the, for the Jews and they're the, the chosen people and we're just Gentiles on the outside. Paul stewarded that mystery well, and we receive the fruit of that. And that's the reality as well. When we steward the resources of heaven, we, we're stewarding it for the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. I'm not sure if Paul, 2,000 years ago, was thinking about Paradox Church 2018 and going, man, I've got to steward this mystery that God has given me because that church is going to be blessed by it. And multitudes, billions of other people. But that's what we need to understand. When we steward the resource of heaven, we steward a generational resource at times. Not everything, but a lot of things become that. And also then in Matthew 6.33, a well-known verse says, Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and all of your provision will be given to you. God says, focus on what I tell you to focus on. Because people are caught up. What, how am I going to clothe myself? What food am I going to eat? You know, getting consumed with the day-to-day -day necessities. And God's saying, no, no, seek my kingdom, seek righteousness. All of those, the ins and outs of your daily provision, I'll take care of. But again, so we, we steward what God calls us to steward, and he looks after the provision on the other side. And I mean, we are in a, in a world where we can complain about what we don't have, but the reality is, compared to the majority of the world, we have an abundance, an absolute abundance. And our role then is to steward that. So it's important that we understand our role in the process of how God works. 
Because if we try and take on God's role, he's not going to pick up our role. <laughs> it's like, God's got a job. I've got a job. If I start trying to do God's job, he's not going to go, oh, okay, well, you can be me and I'll just be you. It's like, it doesn't work that way. He knows who he is. He's pretty secure in himself. So it means that the part that you're supposed to do doesn't get done because <laughs> you're trying to do God's work constantly. So we need to understand our role in the process and we need to understand the importance of stewardship, that we don't just receive the blessing and the provision of God and go, oh, thanks, thanks, Lord, and, and then just kind of put it away or not use it well, not... not uh, take responsibility for it so there's a couple of words uh, translated from the greek to mean stewardship uh, one of them is oikonomos uh, which means a steward a manager or, or an administrator the word oikos in the greek means family so it's kind of drawn out from that but we understand it's like the manager of a household it can also be a, a governmental kind of representative so someone that takes care of somebody else's resources is essentially taking care of someone else's stuff to steward something well is to take care of somebody else's stuff. And we read as well in Psalm 24, verse 1. It says, God claims the world as His. Everything and everyone belongs to Him. So this is the fundamental principle of biblical stewardship, and that is God owns everything, and we are simply managers or administrators acting on His behalf. All of creation belongs to God. And we have that responsibility of stewarding his creation. That's what, that's what he gave to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, take dominion over this thing, steward it well. And obviously we know the story, it didn't go too well, but as Christ has restored that, then we are stepping back into our rightful positions as stewards of creation. The ecclesia, the governmental body of the church, we're supposed to reign and lead and govern spiritually in the nations. We're called to disciple nations. But again, the, the church hasn't stewarded that role well. But we're working on it, so we'll get there eventually one day. So we are then stewards of all of God's stuff. So even when God gives us provision, that doesn't belong to us. Even though I may have worked hard for it, it still belongs to God. I'm just a steward. I'm a steward of my family. I'm a steward of my finances. I'm a steward of everything in my life. I don't own anything. It's all God's, but I take that responsibility to say, no, no, but I'm going to look after it as if it's mine. That's what stewardship looks like. And so it's important then as we understand our role of being faithful and allowing God to provide, that it doesn't negate faith. Stewardship doesn't negate the faith realm, okay? It actually, they partner together. So faith is the eager expectation of that which is yet to be seen. And we read in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's this eager expectation, like it's a knowing in yourself that God is going to do something. Now I want you to know, when we first set foot on, this, on the land there, and we're walking around, and I laid hands on the ground, and I'm not saying this is some sort of uh, miraculous kingdom trick to get something you want but i laid hands on the ground and i just knew god was going to give it to us i just knew he was going to provide way outside of our dreams totally left field kind of opportunity coming up but i just had a knowing so then the whole time through the process of the the property going to market negotiations happening all that sort of stuff you just have this knowing it's like i'm not concerned but maybe I should be, I should be praying more, worried more, but it's just you just have a knowing. And that's that gift of faith is that you just know God is going to do something. Okay? 
So faith is in that element where I'm, I'm not yet seeing it, but I know that God is going to do it. Faith isn't just about the miraculous, it's about the daily expectation of provision also. So sometimes we think of faith, oh great faith for huge miraculous things. No, when we live as a people of faith, we know every day God is going to provide for every area of need that I have. That's faith. And it's also then faith for that miraculous uh, thing that God is going to do. So we steward what we see and we eagerly expect what we don't see. So again, in this, we don't say, well, all I've got is what I'm stewarding and I'll just look after this. But we're also having that expectation, but God is going to give me more than what I currently have. So I'm being responsible for what I have, for what I see, but I'm eagerly expecting God to do the more. Does that make sense? How the two work together? Good. Feel free to make some noise. Make some noise. And obviously when it comes to stewardship, as so many things in the kingdom do, it comes down to primarily a heart issue. So how we steward things comes down to our heart. You know, I've heard people say, if you want to know where your heart's at, check your bank statement. <laughs> it's like husband and wife both both chuckle. It's like, it's like well, you gave yourself the way. But it is true. It's like when you don't, sometimes, I mean, I just avoid doing a budget because then you don't know. But I've had times where I've like, like I'm actually, we need to check our credit card statement. You go through an itemizer and you go, holy moly, how did I not realize I was spending so much on those um, sorts of things? But, uh, but it does. It, it really, it can be a reflection of our heart. That's just one thing. How we spend our money, how we spend our time, where, what we invest our energy into often is a reflection of what we value in our heart. But we do that without thinking sometimes. So we know that as we're doing this heart journey, as our heart's coming into right order, as it's reflecting Christ, as our values then are shifting to reflect the values of heaven, then we'll start to notice that then how we invest our time and our energy and our money will start to shift because our heart has started to shift. We're going to go, actually, I don't, I don't want to invest my time and energy into that anymore because it's fruitless. Or actually, I'm not going to run to that refuge that I used to run to because God's dealt with that false refuge and here's my comfort, here's my place of refuge. So I'm not going to run to food or I'm not going to run to shopping or I'm not going to run to this, that or whatever to have my needs met because God is meeting my needs. So we see as our heart has shifted, all of those other things start to come into order. Thank you for the encouragement. And it's really important when it comes to stewardship, don't wait until you have a lot before you start to steward. Because actually God entrusts the more to those who steward the little. You're saying, are you sure, Brad? Well, it says it right here. Matthew 25, 21. It says, commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, come celebrate with me. I love that ending bit as well. It's like, not just you've been faithful in the small, I'm going to give you much more, and you're going to come and enter in and celebrate with me. Hallelujah. But it's, it's right there, very clear. So we take whatever amount we have, 
we steward that well. Whatever amount of authority, whatever amount, when it comes maybe to ministry, whatever opportunity I have, if it's like, you know what, I want to preach to nations. It's like, well, do you have one person that, that enjoys listening to you talk? Okay, just start there. Steward that well. Hone your craft. Yeah? <laughs> so stewardship is a hard issue. And it's important that then we're guarding our hearts from the idolatry that can come from provision. So there's a real danger that as God provides, if our heart isn't right, then that provision from God can be a thing that actually damages and destroys us. So we need to guard our hearts from idolatry. So an idol is when we make a God out of something that's not God. It's when a good thing becomes a God thing, when it takes the place of God in our life. So that, and there's two kind of main idols when it comes to provision. That's the idol of prosperity, but also on the other end, the idol of poverty. Whereas some people feel really safe and content in having nothing. I don't need to be responsible for anything. And we just get kind of tuned into this practice. I spend all that I have, you know, when we, when we have that inability to save money, when we have that inability to prepare for the future. And there can be a multitude of reasons for different people what that route is. But if you're someone who's constantly in that place of lack, there's more than likely a heart issue there for you that needs to be resolved. Not so you can flip on the other side, okay, then I'll become rich. No, no, then you'll become a good steward of whatever God provides for you. And obviously we have then the idol of prosperity. And this can be where we, where things take the place of God and even the pursuit of those things takes the place of our pursuit of God. So we go after these things, and this is what we hear about, you know, the prosperity gospel, and almost like where God's plan is to make everybody rich. I, I, yes, I receive that in Jesus' name. If God wants you to be rich, He'll make you rich if you steward what you have and you care for your heart. Because the reality is God wants to make people wealthy in order to resource heaven, in order to steward things well, in order to release that wisdom to people. I don't believe that God desires for anyone to be poor. He, he calls us to look after the poor, to care for the poor. Jesus says, you'll always have the poor with you. So that's the reality of, of, of our life. But God doesn't, he's not about whether you're going to be rich or poor either end of the spectrum. It's about, look, look after your heart. I'll provide for you. I'll teach you to be content in every circumstance, as Paul says. You know, there's so many other things that come into it. But if we get like, well, I just want to be rich. Well, why do you want to be rich? Well, because then I'll feel secure. <laughs> then I won't be fearful anymore. You know, then I'll, like, it's, it's like, then I'll have enough to be generous. It's always asking the why behind those sorts of things. But if God puts on your heart, and, and, and I know people in this room, it's like God has given them an anointing to be wealthy. And what I always say to people, or it might be you, you have a gifting to be, you know, a famous musician or, uh, you know, famous in some area of science or sport or whatever it might be. When people come to me for wisdom, my response is generally the same. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God, seek righteousness. And God will take care of the open doors. God will release the favor into your life. God will give you the grace to go to that next level. He'll open the doors. You won't have to push them open. But again, if you steward your heart well, steward what He has provided to you well, then He'll take care of the rest. Now, it's not then to say, well, don't be, you know, it's about wisdom. It's a whole lot of things that come into that. But we often get, we, we think, well, I've got to run after God's responsibility. No, no, take care of your own heart, what He's already given you responsibility for. 
And again, the poverty mentality can be expressed in saving everything or in spending everything. You know, we can be just like, oh, they're so generous. It's like, actually, they're just giving away because they don't know how to steward what they have. And, that, and the um, prosperity mentality can do the same. So why do we steward? Well, we steward because God stewards. He's a good steward. He entrusts provision to the trustworthy. So God doesn't just give out freely to anyone that next level of abundance. God blesses everybody. God takes care of everybody. Uh, in Acts, I think it says, He makes it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Just because somebody is completely does ignore, ignores God, doesn't believe in God, all that sort of stuff, He still provides, He still cares, He still loves His creation. And God is not poor, so He freely gives to all, but the greater measure is given to those who are trustworthy, to steward the resources of heaven. So Matthew 6.33, again, it says, well, look, seek first my kingdom and righteousness i'll look after your daily needs but that's different then to the parable of the talents that i read before it says but if you steward what i've given you well then i'll give you a greater measure and as you read through i encourage you to read through the parable of the talents but it looks at these people you know one's given five one's given three one's given one whatever it might be and it's the one with the five he invests it because we can think of stewardship as i've got to hold on to what god has given me no, no, God says invest it wisely. Now, investing it wisely might be holding on to some of it. Investing it wisely is it's not just shutting the doors and keeping everything. I'm going to create a, uh, you know, a storehouse of my own provision. That's because you could have a poverty or a prosperity mentality, you know, like you're, you're just hoarding because you're not um, sure that God's going to provide again. I have that often. I've had lots of miraculous provision. This church has had lots of miraculous provision in its journey. And sometimes you get to that point, but... Oh, but how are we going to afford that? How's God going to do that? How's He going to provide? And you're like, ah, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> it's just natural that we kind of think in those ways. Thankfully, God quickly snaps me out of it. Um, and that's why thankfulness is a really important part of our petition prayer. You know, Philippians 4. Bring all your requests to God with thankfulness. Because in thankfulness, as we go back and we go, thank you for that. Thank you. For, oh, oh, that's right. What am I worrying about? Because as we journey through thankfulness, we see all of the, the places of provision that God's done for us. That's why the, uh, the Israelites, you know, they'd have times where God would do a significant thing and they'd build, uh, you know, put up a big pile of rocks to remind them <laughs> that this is, remember what God did. That's right. Keep forgetting what He did. So God is a good steward of His resources. So He'll provide to all, but He'll give them more to the one who is trustworthy. Amen. So what are we to steward as God's children? I've got a list of things here. There's probably a whole bunch more, but I didn't think of them. First one, not in any order of importance. It's just the first one that popped into my head. Our relationships. It's important that as God's people, we steward our relationships. So the Bible has a lot to say about our relationships with one another. You know, being at peace with one another, forgiving one another, reconciling, encouraging, exhorting, loving, serving. You'll see out on the, on the, uh, the table where all the coffee stuff is, there's a poster. And that used to be like our kind of commitment to what we now call life hubs. They were gospel communities. And it was essentially all of the one another's of the New Testament. And I think there's about 48 different one another's 
Some use multiple times, love one another, serve one another, encourage one another. You can go out and read it later on. But it's all of these things that's the one another. It's not just you and God. It's about you and God and others in the body of Christ. So God is really, really concerned about you stewarding your relationships well. Not saying, well, I'm right with God, but I'm not right with them, and that's okay. It's not okay according to God. It's not okay according to Matthew 18. If there's brokenness in relationship, it actually reflects on your connection with God. You know, in, in, I don't know if it's in 1 John, somewhere in the Bible, where it talks about, you know, if you have an issue with your brother, if you hate your brother, you can't love me if, you, if there's hate in that direction. So it's important that part of our journey in life is that we're stewarding our relationships well. We're loving and caring and serving for one another. Another area of stewardship in our life is God's provision. I'm going to read Matthew 6, as I read before. So it says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from Him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So the blessing and provision of God isn't always seen um, in the natural. So again, God's blessing, God's provision, we don't always see it. Sometimes it's the provision of comfort. Sometimes it's the provision of a friend. You know, sometimes it's the provision of something, just an an expectation. The fact that you get to keep your job for another week. You know, you might be in an industry where, where all of a sudden it's, it's dropping off in one end and yet you get to keep your job, where people get laid off. That can be, you know, just that covering in a sense. And it's as well important to understand that not everything that we might consider blessing is a blessing from God. So just because somebody is wealthy, it doesn't mean that they're blessed by God. Okay? They may have chased after that wealth with selfish ambition and uh, it's become their idolatry. And so you can get really rich without God. Okay? Just letting you know. Not releasing that as a word of wisdom. Oh, really? What am I doing here then? I could be making money. Um, But you know what I mean? So we can often go, oh, they're so blessed. And it's like, okay, well, maybe, or maybe it's actually not God. They've just hoarded their, well, you know, or they've done dodgy stuff, you know. You have people in business. They just do dodgy stuff uh, to get their wealth. But God certainly does provide and He provides in abundance to us and to certain people um, because He chooses to make them wealthy. God provides for us in normal ways. God provides for us in spectacular ways. But whether it's the spectacular or the everyday normal, our responsibility is the same to steward it well. You know, the money that comes into your house, the, the things that you own, we have a responsibility to steward those things. And we, when we can have that perspective, like, oh, well, it's just stuff. Ah, who cares? It's just stuff. Yeah, but it's provision from God. <laughs> it's not yours. So look after it like it belongs to somebody else. If you've ever you know, had a hire car, well, when I had a hire car, um, besides our son um, vomiting in it, um, thanks, Micah. <laughs> First time I ever hired a car, Driving when we were over in, in America and driving down to, um, to Disneyland. And uh, Michael was a bit unwell, but we captured it all, so hallelujah. But it's like, I'm like, 
kids, you know, feet down, up, up, yeah, probably the same as what I am in my car with them, but it's like no food, no nothing. We're just keeping this car pristine because I don't want to be paying for, for cleaning fees or damage to it. Um, but, you know, like you, you drive it carefully because it doesn't belong to you. Um, but in the same way, sometimes we can think, oh, it just doesn't matter. Oh, it's just furniture. It's just a house. Or it's just a car. Or it's just this or that or whatever. It's like, no, no, it's, it's provision from God. So care for it, you know? For me, like I, all of my phone or my iPad or my computer, they're in cases. Like I like keeping stuff nice because I know in my mind, as soon as something starts to look trashed, I start to treat it that way. <laughs> you know, with my car, like I'm like pretty, I, and I know if you ask my wife or my kids, I'm pretty particular about my car, okay? Because I know that when you eat in a car, when you're a child and you eat in a car, Half goes in your mouth, maybe less than half. The rest goes somewhere to be found six months later, encrusted together, slightly moldy, you know. So it's just like, it's like, yes, come and, you know, um, shove your food. You might as well just, instead of putting it in your mouth, just shove it down between the seats, kids. Don't even worry about eating it, just, just you know. But like, I know for me, I don't want to be cleaning that up and I don't want my car to become, you know, sticky because then I'll start to view it in a way that it's less valuable than what it should be so i'm like so i'm going to steward it well and i'm going to clean it and like i I like my car as well so i'm not saying it's all that stewardship can become idolatry and it can look like that but i know for me it's like no no, i just want to look after my stuff and not kind of trash it and i understand you know i mean stuff that we we walk around with phones worth like over a thousand dollars in our pocket it's crazy the world that we live in the amount of money we invest into these things but see and i'm just one of those people i look and i go that's a thousand bucks. I can't afford another one of these, <laughs> okay? So I'm going to look after this one because when it's broken, that's it, and I don't have another one, you know? And maybe that's my poverty mentality because God will provide another phone, but maybe not because he's like, no, you smashed your last one. <laughs> like, you didn't look after it, you know? Um, so there's, there's obviously just, we, we've, we've got to be careful in that, always checking our heart in that process. But to know that, you know, it's, it's okay to, to care for the provision that God has given to us without it becoming an idol. Steward that which belongs to you and steward that which belongs to others. So uh, from the car in your garage to the property that we're moving into, it's provision to be stewarded. It's to be treated like our own. And hopefully you treat stuff well. So maybe if you're like, no, I treat my stuff like crap, then can you treat it maybe like it's somebody else's? Um, Don't treat it like yours um, because then it won't last. That was a bit of a joke. Oh, there we go. Ha oh, yes. Nailed it. We need to steward our authority as children of God. We have authority on the earth under Jesus. So we are under the lordship of Jesus and under his authority. We get to walk in what's called delegated authority. Luke ten nineteen. Jesus says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, hallelujah, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. You have authority. I mean, we, we talk about serpents and scorpions. It's like, okay, that's kind of good because no one likes those things. But over all the power of the enemy, you have authority as a disciple of Jesus over all power of the enemy. Hallelujah. Yeah. (laughs) 
you know, for me, I mean, when it comes to like, I, I had a conversation, I won't, I haven't asked this person's permission, so I won't share who it was, but they were just talking to me about like, I feel like I need some, some deliverance and do you know someone, you know, who'll be good? And it was like, well, I don't know, but I was like, well, I know I have authority in Christ and that's a good place to start. So we'll just go from there because it's not my authority. And, and you're petrified. Like, I don't know if you've ever cast a demon out of somebody. It's not like, you know, just walking like, oh, this would be a walk in the park. Like, it's full on, but it happens, and it's awesome. But it's like, it's not my authority. It's Jesus' authority. And if I know His authority, and then I'm under that authority, and the demons know that, then they're going to go. I love casting demons out of people. I love it. I want to tell you, my faith has grown so much through seeing demonic manifestations. It's kind of weird, you know. You see heavenly manifestations, the Holy Spirit do stuff. You think, oh, yeah, people fall over. That's cool. When you see someone manifesting a demon and you know that person, you go like, I know this person would not be doing that. Like, that would not be screaming and groaning just because they think it's, a, you know, oh, I better fit in. You know, it's like, no, no, that's, that's something happening to them, you know. <laughs> it's real. And I love it because I'm like, it's, it's revealing the, the spiritual realm. And, and little do these demons know, they think that oh, I'm going to try and make a fool of them. I'm going to kick and scream as they go. It's like, you're building my faith right now, little demon. Don't you understand what you're doing? Shut your mouth, hide, <laughs> and everything will be good. But you, you expose yourself. So it's their, their own fault that they get sent to the place that Jesus prepared for them, okay? They brought it upon themselves. They're not stewarding the, this, themselves well. Mark 16, 17, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, in my nature, in my authority, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues. Hallelujah. Normal Christian life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. Do you have divine power? What's your divine power for? To destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And I believe that's insight for like territorial kind of warfare and intercession and prayer uh, in that as well as in individual ministry. So this move that we're making, this is not because we need a bigger facility. We're not saying, oh, okay, we need to be practical here. We need some more space. Let's go from... Like literally the, the hall on the new property is bigger than this entire space, okay? And then you multiply that by multiple things. Like this is not a decision to go, oh, we'll just take the next step. Like God has opened this door, but we're going there. We're taking ground for the kingdom of God in the natural, but more so in the spirit. You need to understand your authority in Christ in this next season, or there's a chance you'll get taken out. I'm not saying you're going to get killed or something bad but it's just like you won't survive unless you're stepping in and saying i know who i am because you get backlash in the kingdom of god who's felt any backlash this week yeah i know a few of you yeah you, you get that but if you know actually this is this is not all me sometimes it's us sometimes it's our heart sometimes it's our poor choices but oftentimes when we're picking up what's happening spiritually not just in our own home, but maybe in a region. So already, you know, Jennifer and her team, they're praying and they're picking up what they're going to be dealing with when they come in February. We're praying, we're preparing, you know, we're doing a month of fasting to prepare ourselves for what God is doing. So we can hone in, focus in, deal with any idolatry in our heart that comes up. 
So you need to start stewarding your authority now by practicing walking in it. I don't often, I've had, you know, even just recently, opportunities to pray for people and deliverance has happened. And I've sat there before that and just gone, oh, I should probably pray for them. I don't know, like, I'm just tired and like, what's it be like? I'll just pray and they'll be like, oh, God bless them and, you know, whatever. And maybe I'll get a prophetic word, but then sometimes you don't get prophetic words and do I really want to risk it and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to do it, okay? So I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm not like all excited and I'm coming and I know my authority in Christ. I'm going to step in and you just just like, okay, but I'm going to be obedient. And you do it and all of a sudden God bang does his thing and you're like, wow, what if I hadn't taken that small step of obedience? That person might still be in bondage today. So don't go with your feelings. That's all I'm saying, you know. It's good to, it's good to feel it. It helps us to, to feel bold, you know. Um, even uh, Rod Talbot this morning, you know, he had a, a prophetic picture in the prayer time and he spoke it over me and when we were praying and he came up and just reminded me of it again afterwards. But he's like, it's what I saw on the outside. You might not always match what you feel on the inside. But you need to understand when God mantles you with authority, walk in that authority, okay. And now it's not disregarding the heart that's partners with it but your heart isn't always going to match up with the calling of God on your life you want it you want to be working on those things at the same time but we don't have there's no mark in the bible that says when you complete this course and then you take this step and you do this thing and you're capable to do this then I'm going to use you in my kingdom day one you could get saved and you could cast out a demon you know what I mean like there's no thing now but again we're not you're hearing me in the context of everything that we always teach. It's not negating the heart and the journey and your righteousness and all that sort of stuff, but it's saying God might call you, I'm going to use you to do this. Talking to someone else this morning, you know, you, you sometimes in the heart journey, God exposes your heart and you go, oh my gosh, I'm so ugly on the inside. God could never use me because I'm so ugly. Well, the reality is God knew how ugly you were last week when he used you. The only difference is you know how ugly you are. God's not bothered. He's like, I oh, know, we've, we've been journeying with you for a while now. <laughs> I've seen your heart, you know. I'm not putting anyone down. You, you've got beautiful hearts. But you know what I'm saying? It's like we, we can get sometimes we feel like we have less authority or less expectation for God to move because there's a greater revealing of who we are. It's not your authority. It's His all right. Next one. We need to steward our finances. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We need to steward our finances as well. And a, a principle in the kingdom of God, in the church, is the principle of tithing, which is giving a tenth to the church. Now, it's really important. This only popped into my head last night. The tithe isn't the bit that you steward. That you actually give that away for somebody else to steward. So you say, 10% of what comes in from the Lord, I give away and I say, church, you steward that bit. Okay? 90%, that's what I steward. And I do whatever God tells me to do with that stuff. It's not like, well, 10% is God's and 90% is mine. No, no, no. 100% is God's. You just, get, you just get free of having to steward 10%. Hallelujah. Man, that's a response. That's a weight off my shoulders. I'm so glad I tithe because that's less responsibility that I have to carry. Like, you know, you do that. You look after that, okay? 
That's a weight on my shoulder and our leadership and all that sort of stuff, but that's okay. Um, but I, like, I take it really seriously, the fact that people invest financially into what God is doing. That's really important to me and to us and how we utilize that well. And we are you know, putting steps in to be more and more and more wise in how we do that. And again, stepping into a new season with a greater measure of resource to steward and an expectation that God will continue to provide even financially in abundance for us as a community. We're not just like, oh, yeah, whatever. We'll just blow all our money on, on something like this. Like, no, no, we take it really, really seriously. Okay, so I just want you to know that. Um, so we steward the rest. It's all God's money. Uh, I remember hearing this when I was uh, in the U.S., but it says uh, the tithe allows the rest to be blessed. <laughs> so when, when we portion, we say, and this is, again, this is a hard issue. We say, God, I'm, in, I'm entrusting that over there, but then I'm entrusting the rest for you to help me to do that. But when we set that apart, that first fruits, and we say, God, it's yours Someone else, the, the church can steward that. It allows the rest to be blessed. And I love that thought. Tithing, tithing exposes our heart and it protects our heart. When tithing becomes a principle, then we, get, we know, okay, first thing, that's I, I, I give away. I'm not holding on to it all and going, oh, I don't know. It's just like, no, no, God, I trust you. And I trust you to continue to provide for me as I, as I hand that over. So it... it, it Protects our heart in that kind of sense because we just know God first, even with my finances, God first. But it also exposes our heart. So again, this is why we don't, I don't want to pass a bucket under your nose every Sunday for you to be confronted, you know, by like, you got to take responsibility for that. And I want you to know the reason we don't do that is we don't want to manipulate people to give. Okay, that's our value. But it doesn't mean that we diminish the value of tithing and generosity and giving. Because we're saying, no, no, you be responsible for that. We're not going to take responsibility for your heart. We're not going to steward your finances. Okay? You steward your finances. We're not going to manipulate you. We're not going to make you feel bad about not doing it. We're saying that's your responsibility before the Lord to do that. We'll take responsibility for us. So we remind people. We give you opportunity. All of that sort of stuff. You want to talk to people. It's all good. And it is important that, that we engage our heart in this process because it's in designed to impact our heart. Don't just tie that of religious obligation. Don't just, don't just like do it like I must and, and having then fear that, you know, that it's going to go bad or you can't do it or whatever it is. Like if that causes your heart to be stirred, look at your heart and say, God, I feel like if I do this, you're not going to provide for me. Or God, if I do this, this is going to happen. Or I'm fearful of this. Or I'm letting go of control and I don't want to let go of control of anything. Deal with your heart. Let it stir your heart. Let it cause some kind of internal angst that you get to process through. Because then there's healing and restoration and freedom in that. So the other thing about tithing when we steward, it, it benefits us. There are laws in God's kingdom. There's just ways that the kingdom of God works. When we honor God with our provision, He entrusts us with more. But we know, and I know, uh, um, uh, you know, journey with, with uh, Luke Burton, and, and not to reveal anything of that journey, but I just, in, in some of our conversations, and, and starting to discover in the learning that He's doing, these kingdom tools. These, these things like, this is actually how the kingdom is wired. And I can learn how the kingdom is wired, not to manipulate the system, but to align myself with God's greatest plan and purpose for how I would steward my finances. So I just go, well, I'll give my tenth and maybe if I, oh, well, I didn't 
bring my wallet today. Oh, well. You know, it's like, and then I'll, and then I'll just, you know, spend the rest semi-wisely. It's like, no, there's actually, there's actually ways that the kingdom is ordered that when you get wisdom and understanding there, then it actually releases greater blessing to us. You know, sometimes we might think, well, I can't afford to tithe. The reality is you can't afford not to. Mm. Another practical element of the tithe is that it supports your spiritual family. So in the same way that we support our natural family financially, we are to support our spiritual family financially. All of this cost is costing somebody something. If you're not giving into this, then you're only taking from it. But maybe the people either side of you are giving in and you're just taking. And I thought about that. It's like if you went out to dinner with your friends every week and every time the bill came around, you're like, oh, sorry, forgot my wallet again. You guys can pick it up this week. Like, that might work for a week. <laughs> Next week comes around, oh, no, what do you know? I forgot my wallet again. Sorry, guys. I've just enjoyed all of this provision that's been provided for us and it's costing you, but oh, it's costing me. I reckon after a couple of weeks, you might stop getting an invite. And we're like, what's going on? That's not how it works. Like, uh, I, I don't pay, like, I, I'm, I'm being a good steward and I'm doing the right thing and you're just getting a free ride. I don't like saying it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to offend you. It's just the reality of what goes on in a spiritual family. We're all responsible and if we just break it down in the black and whites of what goes on. Now, I'm not saying every single person is going to give the same amount or do whatever, and you might have a gift of generosity and all of that sort of stuff. And, I'm, and no one's going to be going through your bank account or checking your wallet. Nothing. We're not going to start passing the bucket now to try and force you to do it. I'm just saying it's really, really important. And it's a way of loving. You know, we have stuff and we're like, we sit down with the leadership. It's like, man, we need, we need more staff to carry this responsibility because otherwise people carry more responsibility because we're growing and more things need to get done. It's like, but if, if actually if everybody was giving the way that they're supposed to before the Lord, then we'd have the provision to be able to move into those new things and do the things that God has for us. But again, and we've had a journey as a community as we start off small that God has provided abundantly from the outside and He continues to do that. So again, I feel like I've been blessed because I've stewarded well. This church has been blessed because we've stewarded well, Okay. But we also need every single person. If you're visiting or you're not connected in, um, you know what I'm saying, okay? You know, hopefully you know my heart. This is, and this is about as close as you're going to get to a to sermon on tithing that we do <laughs> once a year. I should have missed this Sunday. It's all right, it's on live stream. But. We need people to be responsible with their finances and to give financially because that how, is how God has set up the income source for the church. It's his plan. He's like, how are we going to resource the, the church? I'll, I'll set up this system. And again, you might argue stuff and, oh, well, tithe is Old Testament, it's this or whatever. Generosity is New Testament, which I guarantee is far more than a tenth. So just let you know, we can, we can have that conversation later if you like. And you can sell all of your belongings and give to the church like they did in the early church. So, whoo, I feel a Old Testament coming on. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's very important that we steward our gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve 
one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So we understand grace, that empowering presence of God, when a grace comes upon you to do a particular thing, that we steward that well by serving one another. Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. So if prophecy in proportion of, uh, to our faith, if service in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. But Paul's saying as grace gifts, as, as spiritual gifts are given out to the body of Christ, you actually have a responsibility to steward that gifting well, to steward the grace upon your life, to not hoard the grace upon your life, but to release the grace upon your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, we need to steward our possessions. So it's important that we, again, this is a good principle. It's important that we possess our possessions without becoming possessed by our possessions. Okay? It's important that we possess our possessions without becoming possessed by our possessions. Okay? So we don't want to completely disregard the provision in possession that God gives to us. But we also don't want to become possessed by this and become an idol. Okay? So it's finding that, that healthy place where we say, well, it's not about becoming totally consumed by all of my stuff and getting more stuff. But at the same time, it's not totally disregarding that. It's looking after what God has provided for me. As I said, this new move that we're making, this new property that we're moving into, it doesn't belong to us. Like it literally in the natural belongs to somebody else. Ultimately, it belongs to the Father, which is why those funds have been released, because the people who own it are trusting the Lord, with their f- and they're stewarding well. So again, we are stepping into somebody else's good stewardship of the provision that He has given to them, that they could spend on a multitude of other things. And they said, Father, we want to be good stewards of what You've given to us, and part of that stewardship is to, by faith, and by trust in God and in us to say, we're going we're gonna to put our finances into this place. Do you, but do you see how someone else's stewardship becomes your blessing and your provision? We're going to treat this property like it's ours. Treat it well. We're going to pour in. We've been given an incredible gift to steward, and through our generosity pouring back in, it will then be a blessing to many other people. We'll be blessed by it, but it'll be a blessing to multitudes. And, and we're believing like nations upon nations being blessed because of the calling that God's put on your life and on my life, on our life corporately, of what He's doing. That it's going to be a blessing to the nations. But it's when we take it and go, you know what? This is going to cost me. This is going to cost me something to move into this place. It's going to cost me financially. It's going to cost my energy. It's going to cost my gifting. It's going to, it's going to cost me but it's worth it. And the final thing, the most important thing that we are to steward as God's people is God's presence. Our greatest treasure that we possess is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it doesn't, the Holy Spirit cannot be any more yours. 
He's literally set himself up inside of you. He's built a temple inside of you. He lives inside of you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or do, not, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been purchased at a great price, the broken body of Jesus. So it says, so glorify God in your body. You know, I love this. Um, I think it's in When Heaven Invades Earth by Bill Johnson, but he... he talks about you know when you receive like a baptism of the holy spirit this fresh encounter with god and you're so aware of his presence but it's like a dove if a dove came and landed on your shoulder and you really like this dove and you didn't want to do anything to scare the dove away you're going to move differently you're going to walk differently because you're going to be highly aware of the dove on your shoulder <laughs> you're going to you know kind of uh, uh, like you know just looking after the dove we're at a pet store the other day and I had a cockatoo on my thing but i was like i was just trying to steward my ear um, from not getting bitten off. So I wasn't, probably wasn't as gentle as the dove. I'm like, forgive it. Um, but you know what I mean? Like there's something when we understand, that's right, the Holy Spirit is in me. And so what I do with my life really matters. What I watch, what I listen to. Preach it to yourself, Brad. I know, I'm telling this. You know, it's like, but it, it matters, that sort of stuff. And, I, I, and the more intimate you get with God, the more you start to realize, you know, sometimes it can be like, Oh, you know, oh, I don't watch TV, you know, it's too spiritual for that. But, you know, you can take it, it's like, oh, you know, certainly, well, I can watch TV and I'm fine. It's like, sometimes, I mean, that can just be religious nonsense, but sometimes actually somebody's come to that place of sensitivity. It's like, I actually can't watch that because I know the impact that that has on my heart. It's like if I'm on Facebook and I'm scrolling through and I see like a video about sick kids, I'm, I can't even watch that. I, I can't. And I know sometimes it's good to stir your heart, but I'm like, I, I I don't have the emotional energy to think about my child being in that position and what I would feel like. So I'm just scroll past, you know. Oh, cat meme. Oh, yeah, that's better. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's uh, I don't even know what I'm talking what you watch, all that sort of stuff. So we can come to that place of sensitivity, you know, and we should be in that place where, we're just, where we just know, actually, I can't, I just can't do that. Actually, I, don't want to listen to that on the radio because that's actually I'm, I'm sensing the impact that that's having on me and i'm not going to be all religious about it but i'm just like no no because you you learn relationship <laughs> and in relationship you learn what the other loves and you want to respond well to that so in this next season we really need you we need you dot 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 to do stuff and i'll get to that but we just we we need you Number one, we need you. We, we need you to give your time. We need you to sow financially. You know, with tithes, but also gifts and offerings, abundance, whatever God, provision God gives you, just think, I can pour into this. We need you to invest your skills and your passions, and we need you to steward your heart, your relationships, and your intimacy with God so that we can do the long haul together. We've had, a, we've had many, many years, and again, we, we take it on. If you've just come to this community and you're like, I have nothing in terms of in yourself, to give, we, we, we don't say that as an expectation. We say we need you as an invitation. Okay, it's not an expectation, it's an invitation. We're saying whatever you have, we will receive. And I say we, we will receive because we're giving to one another in this, in this sense. But it's like as a, as a representative of the community, I'm saying we, we need what you got and we want what you've got. But I'm talking about the, those things that you have a real passion and a drive for. And when it's not going to mean we're going to get to do everything all at one time. 
Um, but like we, we want you to feel, we want you to feel that invitation. It's like, wow, I get to be part of this. And I really love that we're moving together, you know, and we've been intentional not to spend too much time on the property, not to make too many plans. You know, we've got ideas about stuff. We actually want the community to come on and dream together and spend time to saying, I see this. Because when, you, when, you, when God gives you a dream, then you have that grace to run with it and to pour in and say, I'm going to do this. And God's given me a grace to do this. So we're, we're intentionally just wanting to, to journey slowly as a community as we transition over. Is that cool? All right, why don't you stand up and let me pray for you.